Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bottoming, the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond. Kindly sponsored by Joe Malone London. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BottomingPod or visit bottomingpodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hello, I'm Matthew. And I'm Brendan, and our pronouns are he and him. So if you've just joined us for part two and you haven't listened to part one yet, we'd probably recommend jumping back there, listen mm-hmm. to Christine Burns, and then come back over here. So off you pop. Okay, and then now, if you have already listened to that, we'll continue. So as we mentioned in episode one, this time we are going to be speaking to Sabah Chowdhury, who has done so much work in mm-hmm. what seems like a very short space of time as well. Yeah. Um, they co-founded Trans Pride Brighton um, as well. They work for Gender Intelligence. Mm-hmm. They've done TEDx talks. They've yeah. just released a book and a ton of other amazing things. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to speak to them. Here's Sabah. Hello, my name is Sabah. My pronouns are they, them and theirs. I am a trans youth worker. I'm a psychotherapist in training. I'm a public speaker. And now I guess I can say I'm a... I'm a published author too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you mentioned a lot of things there. I want to go back a few years to begin with. Um, you co-founded Trans Pride Brighton in 2013. What was the catalyst for this just to kick off the conversation? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, all of my kind of work that I do is around community. And a big part of that was, yeah, the birth of Trans Pride Brighton. Um, I had been kind of collecting, I guess, other queer people of colour, collecting um, community members and just trying to carve out a space for us because there wasn't one when I was living in Brighton. So Mm. um, I moved there for uni um, and then I just ended up staying there because it was, it's a lovely town. Um, And yeah, I was finding community there and building it. And me and 
a few other trans people and some friends were sitting in, I think it was Moksha Cafe in Brighton. <clears throat> and I'm saying that because it's still there. And I went there recently, actually. Um, so we were just sitting there having a cup of tea and uh, talking about um, Brighton Pride because that was coming up. And we were feeling really <sighs> tired and disappointed and just fed up of just being as a trans community just being thought of last or just not taken seriously or not being protected at, at mm. Brighton Pride events and uh, we just you know we're like why do we keep why why do we keep going back to Brighton Pride why is that th- why is that a thing like where why mm. isn't there another thing and why don't we do it like we were just talking in really hypotheticals but then I think we all kind of realized actually why why can't we just do it like why can't mm. we have our own trans pride event and make it everything that we need and and, and it represent who we actually are and what we mm-hmm. want um our community yeah where we want our community to be so i mean i was really nervous and skeptical because um yeah it just was like a really wild idea to think that we were going to just start this pride event um and i didn't really feel the most safest or comfortable being out and visible there's like a gender non-conforming person in brighton um it was well it wasn't the safest and it just felt really difficult Mm. but we actually had some really good contacts um some people working in the council some people who worked with um, Kemptown Carnival, who, who who assist people, and they really helped us out. And they were just mm-hmm. like, right, let's let's do this, let's do this properly, let's get together, let's create a group. And we met weekly at the Marlborough Pub, which is now something else, um, called something else now, but it would always be the Marlborough to me. <laughs> um, we met there, and you know, it just started happening, and everyone was excited about it, which is the mm. thing that. I will always remember, you know, everybody wanted this to happen, like everybody needed this to happen, not just trans people, but our our friends, cis people, mm. our family members, our loved ones, like the people who, you know, we buy coffee from every day, like it was just this massive warm energy that just uh, really enabled it to happen. Um, and it did happen and it happened like so much better than any of us could have thought, like mm. I just... I think the we we anticipated maybe like a few hundred people mm-hmm. were going to be there turning turning up in this little park, but the number was like, was it like a thousand or like it was really it was much wow. much higher. Yeah, and I just remember being told that from the um from like the people who were kind of doing the counting at the gate. Yeah, and we were just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. this is... <laughs> no way! Like, no way! Um. And that was the first year and now it's in its oh god it's been going since 2013 and i'm not very good at math so you're gonna <laughs> this one. i mean we're getting a on what going yeah. up to year nine i guess yeah yeah are you back Damn. this year is it a physical pride again this year i'm not sure so i was um i was on the kind of yeah board or committee um mm-hmm. for maybe four or five years and then i left brighton anyway so mm-hmm. um i've not been involved in any of the planning but I've been going back there every year I think actually with my um, with my trans youth group um, mm-hmm. at gender intelligence so it's been a really nice way to keep connected to it you know and yeah, bringing nice. down like a group of trans youth from well not just from London but from like you know different parts of the UK yeah. to be like hey look this is this is our community this is your community too yeah yeah nice how do they respond to it oh my god they can't 
like they can't believe it it's that same like feeling that i will still get every year when you just look at like the number of people that are there who are there for this one purpose of like mm. loving supporting protecting celebrating trans people mm. and it's there's nothing like it like mm. it's so you feel so safe and seen and visible and like no one's and you you haven't even set foot there like it's just um yeah it's incredible um it's yeah it's a really important part of our i guess our our youth work you know mm. taking young people to pride events and showing them community and um yeah letting them yeah yeah fig- figure out themselves yeah so you've also held the stage um, and given a TEDx talk, Brown, Trans, Muslim and Proud, and it received an amazing response. How was that experience for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I forget I did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, that was, uh, what was it, 2015. That was, um, yeah, that was a really, like, scary and, like, one-of-a-kind experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I had been doing public speaking for a couple of years I mean I was really it was really nerve-wracking and um I wasn't very good at it I don't think but you know I still I still tried <laughs> I still took to the stage I can just I, like the number of times I could just look at my hands and like my paper's shaking and I'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> um and then oh actually it was one of my friends who volunteered for TEDx Brixton like the event and was like you know they look for people who have stories to tell and who are different and I think you should apply for it and I was like you know all that kind of self-doubt and mm-hmm. who, like but who am I like what's my story what's the point of it <laughs> and then I got accepted on to yeah to to, to deliver the TED talk um it was a really it was a really cool process like even just the process itself was really was really significant like we had we met up regularly as a group we went through you know like kind of practical things around how to give a talk like mm. just, just your presence your cadence like um how to tell a story and then just like really working together with someone on yeah what is a story you want to tell how do we make mm. this something that you know people will remember and yeah. uh, think about and take away with them so it was it helped me in terms of being a good speaker and being able to feel confident in what I'm saying but also mm-hmm. confident in my own experience like yeah I do have I do have story a story to tell and the things I have experienced do matter um, yeah. and that was really incredible and then for it to be you know viewed by well you know the the world like it's it's on yeah. a public platform um it's just really quite something and i mean the, the the reason i wanted to do it i think the reason i ever wanted to write publicly or you know step foot on a stage was to was to be that person i needed when i was mm-hmm. younger you know i didn't see anyone who would have ever had those kind of identity markers next to their name um in public let alone you know on a, a delivering a ted talk or doing yeah. um whatever so it's really been yeah for me <laughs> as well as um as well as for everyone else but um i think now when i see or hear from you know some young people or other viewers that like you know i've you know the first you know that this kind of person i've ever met and mm-hmm. i haven't heard this story before or you know i felt alone and i'm just like that's yeah that's that's how I felt. And I'm just so happy that this exists for this person to be able to, yeah, to feel 
validated, I guess. Yeah, mm. and I mean the numbers on the video are definitely stacked up as well. <laughs> yeah, there's they're definitely on the up. So that yeah, that and as you say, it's good that it's always out there as well because you just don't know when someone's going to come across it and it's going to help them in that way. Yeah, so totally. You mentioned gendered intelligence and the work you do there. Um, you've also got a degree in psychology and a background in counselling. We are a mental health podcast, so obviously this is one of the big questions we wanted to ask. Oh, yes. How do you think that this work has helped shape what you do, both at Gendered Intelligence, but also the other work as well? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. There's this really lovely crossover between our youth workers and, you know, those with like counselling skills or listening skills. Um, it just, it matches really well. And um, because our work is a lot about listening mm. um and but it's also a lot about power which um which i i will explain it's um i think the you know one of the most amazing things i learned from my psychotherapy training was about power and your mm. power as a practitioner as a therapist and having you know you being in a power dynamic with your client with the person in front of you and how does that interact with the relationship how does that make that person feel and how can you still manage to hold a space that's listening and caring with that in mind and when it comes to like you know gender or race or other kinds of differences in identity it's um it's really important that we recognize that we have power and the same with youth work you know we're adults in the space mm-hmm. we are youth workers as well we're going to hold power and we i think I think what what it is about both roles for me is about being responsible with that power mm. um, and being transparent about it and and that hopefully enabling, yeah, the person, young person or client in front of me to feel empowered to decide what they want to do or mm. to come to me with what they need or something like that. Um, but yeah, mental health has always been, yeah, I, did, I mean, I did psychology at, at uni when I went to Brighton. And my my mom worked in the mental health in the NHS, so it's just been like, yeah, it's always been a part of my life, actually. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, having my own experiences of counselling when I was a, when I was a child and a young person and at uni, um, I think it's just been, yeah, an, a knowledge that we all have it. Yeah, um, and just, you know, trying to ensure that I'm not making assumptions about other people's experiences like yeah we mm. might all be trans people in the space but we've still taken completely different journeys and have different needs so mm. yeah that's something that's uh, also I've been able to put in with my youth yeah. work and training yeah mm. just embedded into everything that you do which is I mean it's surprising that a lot of people just don't have any knowledge or understanding of that as well and the, I guess the importance of making sure that it's not just an add-on it needs to be a, like a constant thread doesn't it so yes. so um a congratulations is in order obviously <laughs> so you recently won the Amplifon Future <laughs> Fighter Award um at the Gay Times Honours how was that for you? <laughs> oh, thank you so much um yeah that was I mean I think I think the last year has just been kind of a whirlwind like I've been getting you know way more involved with youth work and my writing and Mm. I think it's been I think I just forget that like people do note like take notice (laughs) of Mm -hmm. the stuff that I'm doing um like people are people not people are watching in a creepy way but like (laughs) it's having an it's having an impact on other people so (laughs) 
um I think I just forget that and then when um when I knew I was going to be receiving this award I think I was yeah it was again those moments of like the self-doubt kind of voice of mm. like but really like I'm not like I don't even do that much or mm. I haven't I haven't done anything that really you know matters but I I had a chat with myself and my inner inner critic and was like <laughs> you know what <laughs> just just accept it like just trust in whoever else has put has made this happen and mm. the other people who were telling me congratulations like yourselves and just hear that there's something there okay mm. and I can question it later or I can question it in therapy like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um I think I realized like I put a lot of pressure on myself or have high expectations of like what it looks like to be someone important or someone mm. who's you know quote unquote succeeds or achieves whatever that means and I think that kind of got to me where I was like but I'm in this lineup with all these like you know celebrities or influencers or whatever but um but that's the thing I want to I want to critique like I don't want to mm -hmm. try and I don't want to fall into that I want to remember that that means that doesn't not that it doesn't mean anything but we're, we're on the same kind of footing mm. um, and they, sh they shouldn't have a, a, a higher position starting point or whatever than I do yeah um so I think it helped me to see to see that and remember that um but yeah those kinds of pressures I think I've have also in increased over the last couple of years I think with just by having more of an online life and everything being kind of mm -hmm. you really have to show what you're doing yeah um but um, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to figure my way out of that, and I guess kind of stay stay true to myself. Yeah, that doesn't sound too cliche. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to consolidate sometimes, I guess, isn't it? That um, you kind of obviously are, are doing the work for the purest reason because you want to change people's lives because of your own experiences and 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 things that are fed into it. But then there is that almost. Um, brand aspect to to work people do these days which is almost that you have to have the, this persona um or some sort of like you say online presence to talk about all those different things but then again you kind of are welcoming additional things like outside criticism or like praise in, in your in your sense but I guess it is um when you that it doesn't either come naturally or it doesn't it kind of contradicts what you're doing it for I guess that is quite tricky to yeah consolidate mm -hmm. yeah so you mentioned you're also a writer amongst all of the other things that you do and you've got a new book supporting trans people of color how to make your practice inclusive and um, mm -hmm. it's just been released can you tell us a little bit more about that and I guess why you wanted to write that and put that out there yeah gosh um yeah so it's just been out for a few weeks now which is um really exciting mm -hmm. Um, it's, it is what it says it is. It is <laughs> a kind of practical guide on how to make your practice inclusive. And I guess by practice, I mean like whatever it is that you're doing that is about services or community or teaching or people. Um, I think it's a book that is for anyone who works with people, because if you work with people, then chances are you'll be working with trans people of color at some point. Um, and I mean, it's a starting point, you know, these conversations around inclusivity are always ongoing. Mm. And I wanted this to be a starting point for people who, you know, would come to me for with questions and want me to talk about certain things. And it, I mean, it's been great, but it's also been tiring. Um, and I think I, I know that 
people on the margins often have to do a lot of the educating around mm -hmm. how to make spaces better for us um, or safer for us, which is useful, but it, yeah, it can weigh on us a lot, right? Mm. Um, so I kind of wanted things, everything to be in one place. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> It's um, it's not going to stop those conversations. In fact, it's kind of spurred some of them on. Like yeah. people are like, "See, you've written about this book. Like, come yeah. and talk to us about it. Like, tell us more." Um, but it's um, it's nice that it's there. And I feel if it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much for me. But I think, you know, I've heard from a couple of other trans people of color. They're just like, "I'm going to give people this when they ask me about this," and that makes that makes me feel better. Like yeah. if I can save some of those, um, you know, expect. Uh, expectations of free labor from other mm. trans people of color than that that's a good feeling yeah um yeah um but yeah it's um it's practical it's you know a bit about history it's got um a lot of questions on for reflections it's about ourselves about our own power and, and mm -hmm. privilege as well um there's some examples in there too but really it's um i wanted it to just show how i guess diverse and expansive and um brilliant our trans people of color communities mm. are you know we're it's it's not it's not you know we're not homogenous i'm writing from my own perspective i don't represent everyone mm. um so i've tried to include as many different voices in it as i can which mm. um to me feels like a little like it's a celebration of our communities for me mm. you know I, I hold this book and i'm like it makes me really happy like just to know how many <laughs> other people are in there yeah um which is not i mean i wasn't feeling very happy about it when i had to write it and i was like oh my god <laughs> The words and hitting all those like you know the the, the walls, but um, yeah. no, it's 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 a really it's yeah, it makes me feel so happy that I've that I've done this um, mm. and everything and everyone has just kind of come together in it. And then just yeah. to plug it, where can people listening buy it? Yeah, um, it's available on um, most online booksellers, but, um, I've been, you know, having some conversations with local LGBT and independent bookshops around the UK about, mm -hmm. um, they've got some stock in there as well. Um, we can order direct from Jessica Kingsley publishers. Um, they've got shops in the U S and Australia as well, um, which is pretty cool, but yeah, you can, um, follow the hashtag supporting team POC as well. You want to share and like send a little pic of you with the book it's making me so happy seeing people like <laughs> i've got it <laughs> yeah amazing so as this is lgbt history month what would be your key reflection this year i mean i'm thinking about this message being for like lgbtq people mm -hmm. and i would say like make time to look after yourself and celebrate yourself as well um yes it's lgbt history month and yes there's so much education and acknowledgement that we need to do as a community um you know even you know between us but do take a moment for yourself as well like mm. it can be a really tough month like i know it's often a very tiring month for me you know having to do lots of different things or just being aware of like the, this kind of increase in visibility which can mm -hmm. feel also feel really strange um, so yeah, just make sure you just have some time for your mental health, like just talk to your friend. Oh, oh my God. My favorite thing to, to do is like hanging out with other trans people and just talking about everything else that is not trans related, <laughs> like just having the most like goofy conversations. Um, and it's just, that's so, that is so nourishing and healing. Like I, mm. 
there's nothing like that and that mm. to, to me is like looking after mental health that is community care that's self-care so yeah making sure you're doing that um and yeah celebrating yourself like i think it's really nice to take a moment to kind of acknowledge our own histories and mm. whether that whether that is you know hundreds of years ago or even just like you know the last five years um just taking that moment to yeah just be like okay yeah i'm here I made it One thing we did touch on very briefly, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did mention about the EHRC last week. Yeah. Uh, the Equality and Human Rights Commission um, and the statement they put out and they've been obviously anti-trans because that's where the EHRC are at the moment. That developed over the week mm-hmm. um, since loads of other organisations have publicly called them out, um, <clears throat> have either cut ties with them and or publicly put statements out because they're just not fit to be an equality or human rights mm. commission which you know that's the, that's the name so that's what they should be doing um but ben hunt who was the bbc's lgbt correspondent is now at vice he has been releasing some incredible exclusives that i assume he was maybe not allowed to release under the bbc mm-hmm. um for various reasons but one of the latest ones that he shared was actually about the EHRC and how the person at the very very top um, has been changing different reports and research and things to essentially make them anti-trans like completely rewriting findings and statements and different parts and it was a load of LGBT staff that spoke to Ben um, for Vice just about the culture there right now which is I think one of the quotes was I don't want to work somewhere that's like target and LGBT people like this like as a queer person I can't be a part of that so it's just like another instance of I guess British institutions that are just institutionally transphobic mm-hmm. um, which is why you know like Sabah's book and like some of the work Christine's done and the books that Christine has mentioned um, it, it's just it's really worth checking them out and getting to grips I guess with some of this conversation because you know people still tend to be um, nervous about conversing and we're, mm. we're way past that point now oh um, yeah so yeah again just wanted to, to raise that briefly especially given the topics we've spoken about this time around mm-hmm. positive thing of the week oh. we need we need some positivity here Matthew oh okay okay my positive thing of the week because we spent so much time in this room oh, last yeah. week um, because Sam was obviously injured it really got to me this space. I know last time I mentioned the Robin post there, that was a little tiny fix. But I rearranged the room on Saturday in like uh, uh, like an hour of hysteria. Mm. I don't know where I found the strength to move the bed and all the shit with it. But yeah, I moved it around for a little change. So this still looks the same mm-hmm. where we're sat right now, but the rest of it's slightly adjusted and it just made me feel a lot better. And I also need to find a place for a gift that Ben bought me actually. Um, modern Japanese architecture and it is a whopper of a book oh my gosh so they're my positive things of the week because and also I'm just grateful again as I mentioned episode one for all of my friends because they're all amazing you're amazing everyone's amazing (laughs) that didn't sound sincere but honestly it's been really important the last week or so so. hard time my positive thing of the week was (laughs) my mum came down to London yesterday 
yeah, we had a lovely time. We went to a museum. We went to lots of cafes. Mm. We basically just ate and drank all day, and it was the, all around the towns. All around the towns, it was it was the life of luxury. Oh. Yeah, it was really gorgeous and cozy, mm. and yeah, it was it was perfect. So loved it, Mum. Thanks for coming down. Mm. So yeah, that's my positive thing of the week. One one more thing. Yeah, I just want to very quickly highlight: if you are in London and around, obviously I mentioned the past the work that I do currently. Um. I forgot to take a picture. I saw one yesterday. You did? Yeah, Where? with my mum. <gasps> Tottenham Court Road. Ah. Oh. So what we're talking about is uh, Tonakhausen, the UK's first LGBT time community. Um, Never heard of it. I've spoken about quite a lot over the last year. Uh, we have just launched our very first street advertising campaign. Um, it's Yeah, it's really, really lovely. And seeing LGBT living on billboards around London and also the faces of like the people in the in the photography it's just amazing so if you are around London and see it they're usually bright and pink with a really smiley person or two on them mm-hmm. uh, take a picture tag Atomic Housing on Twitter and Instagram because we would love to see them out and about so yeah thank you <laughs> see it say it sorted yeah <laughs> um, that is your LGBT History Month lot we, we hope you enjoyed it if you did it'll be great if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts um, and also, you can now star rate us on Spotify, mm-hmm. which we've seen a few people have done actually. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for that. For doing that, thank you so much. Thank you very much. So, um, so yeah, tell your friends, share your episode on Instagram if you're listening. We'd like to see that as well. Get yeah, do people to listen to some of the really amazing voices that we've managed to chat to. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, we will see you again in two weeks' time. As as always. You're doing so amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Goodbye. Bye. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.